0: What's up, everybody? I'm glad you tuned in. Welcome, one and all, to Plenty of Noise, a brand new radio show slash podcast that I'm doing together with Radio Firework, a radio station out of Munich, Germany, in case you don't know. I am your host. My name is Nick. Nick. I'm a musician myself. I sing and play guitar in a band called Cadet Carter. You might want to check them out as well. I'm really stoked you guys tuned in. I'm very happy you want to check out this show. We called this show Plenty of Noise because this is what it's all about. Um, We want to talk about new music in the alternative rock, pop, punk and emo world. We want to keep you up to date about what's going on in our scene. We want to make you feel at home here. Um, And last but not least... I'm going to be talking to some great guests on this show about what it's like to be part of a rock band in 2020, to be part of the alternative scene, and what makes it great for those people to be an artist or a member of a band. Now, uh, this show will air once a month on Radio Firework, and it will also be available as a podcast, and it will bring you some great guests, including our first one, um, because today, none other than Brian McTurnan is on the show. Um, now, you might not have heard that name before, but you have most definitely listened to his work. Um, he he uh, used to work for a um, he used to work as a producer for bands like Thrice, Hot Water Music, or Turnstile, and he also used to be um, the lead singer for the legendary hardcore band Battery. Um, he's now out there with a new band called Be Well um, and they have their first record out and we're going to be talking about all of this in just a minute. But before we get into that, I want to kick things off in style with uh, one of my favourite songs by one of my favourite bands of all time and uh, it's a band that's being referenced a lot in our upcoming conversation with Brian McTurnan. It's a band called The Dangerous Summer and here is The Permanent Rain on Plenty of Noise.
1: Just try you know I've lost a lot. But I won't this
0: That was the permanent rain by the dangerous summer here on plenty of noise and now without further ado let's jump right into my conversation with uh, Brian McTurnan a well-known producer, record producer, and the frontman of the new up and coming band Be Well. Lie, right off, how are you holding up during this pandemic thing?
2: Oh man, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I mean, I'm doing well. Like we we've, we've been h- healthy and and um, you know, fortunately, the um you know, we we've all been okay. And, and Baltimore is like not like some of the crazy southern places where people are running around and won't wear masks and you know Mm -hmm. being crazy people you know people are have been responsible here and it is pretty like heartbreaking to like not be able to see friends and not be able to play music and not be able to go to shows and like that's just such a big part of my life that i you know like it's you know it's 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 been hard to to kind of like adjust to not having that component in my life you know, it's you 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 figure out ways to cope, and hopefully people smarten up. I mean, it, like it's better there, right? I mean, everybody I talk to in Germany says it's you guys. I mean, you guys are not lunatics like fucking <laughs> most of the Americans.
0: Well, yeah, I think are. I think so. we're doing you know we're doing okay um, compared to other countries, but. Uh, um, it's still bad around here, and especially for musicians. I mean, I'm 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 a musician myself, and we our tour got, got cancelled, and uh, we had a record out in May. So uh, um, right. right when right when shit hit the fan, oh <laughs> man, And bad timing. Um, that was one of my questions. Yeah, like, I uh, that's,
2: was... uh, Oh yeah, well we I mean we were in a similar situation with b Well, where the the record, you know. We had a lot of dates lined up and we were planning a tour in Europe in, in October and we had the record and they, they made a decision to like hold it back, but not hold it back that long. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was just disappointing to have all, you know, when you're in a new band and you get like all these great dates, you have all the stuff you're looking forward to. It's pretty crushing to have it all Yeah, be canceled. It's, but, it's devastating. you know.
0: You, but but you didn't think like maybe yeah. we we should push this record back for uh, uh, I mean probably till 2021 or something so you wanted the thing out now right
2: I wanted it out I mean I think like the th- the the thing is we we had already released two of the songs off the record and it, and the record had been done for for quite a while so I just think, I mean, honestly, in terms of the record coming out, there are some aspects of the timing that, that I feel like kind of work in our benefit. Like, mm. I feel like a lot of bands decided to hold their records back for a long time. So, you know, being a new band and having like kind of a lane where, you know, we had videos made, we had the record made, like like, you know, there's... A lot less coming out right now, so it, there are some outside of not being able to tour I anywhere mean, quite as much. These huge blockbuster records all coming out and trying to compete with that. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, same know. thing around so, here. So we we decided to 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 go ahead and put the record out, and um, especially um, here in in Europe, we we had we we found kind of like our way into like. Um, like uh, bigger uh, music media and stuff because they were kind of desperate for content, you know, Bec- with, with all, with all the, the big bands pushing, pushing right, their, their right. albums back. And uh, so, yeah, I, I actually have to say where I, you know, we, we don't regret uh, uh, not postponing the, the release. So, um, so yeah. 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 I, I want to talk about, about the, well, new,
2: what's, uh, what's, what's cool about it is like the, the um the with with um be well with the, the, yeah it's a similar I feel like it's a it's a similar thing and and it's um it it once you kind of get over the disappointment of not being able to play live um you know it's it's been fine
0: yeah so. cool I I, I want to talk about uh, about the new record and the new band actually um I'll just give our listeners a quick uh, run through to uh, a run through um what you've been up to uh for the last over the last like 20 years so uh you grew up in the you, you correct me if there's anything <laughs> wrong you know um you grew up in the dc area All and right. you got and uh you got into hardcore and punk rock pretty early you were the lead singer for the hardcore band battery and uh you also became one of the most sought after record producers in our scene like having worked with bands like hot water music or thrice and uh uh, also, to give a few shout-outs here, you've also worked with a few friends of mine, like Dave Hawes, when he was in The Loved Ones, we recorded a song with him uh, oh, yeah. 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 a year ago, and you I also worked with uh, with uh, Matt Kennedy, who is now in The Dangerous Summer, who used to play guitar for The Graduate, I believe. Yeah, yep. um, yeah. Now, um, if you had to choose between being the frontman of a band or a full-time record producer, um, what would be your first choice? Like, are you a studio well, guy or I made, are you?
2: Um, I mean, it it it's a bit like right. <laughs> I I made that choice twenty <laughs> years ago to yeah. to <laughs> to be a studio guy, and, and 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 I mean, part of that came from. I mean, I love the studio, and I loved recording bands, and I, I lo- and and at the time, and like, <sighs> battery had. You know, I was recording bands while I was doing Battery, and while I was doing, I was in like a rock, kind of a rock. Band. I don't know if you know the band Only Living Witness. Did you ever hear that band? I heard about work? them, yeah, yeah, popular yeah, in do. Europe, I think. But I was in a rock band. I was in a rock band when I was 19. That we we signed to Warner Brothers, and and we went in to make this big major label record, and ended up breaking up in the studio. And then Battery broke up like within a month or two of that, and. Wow. It just, I just kind of felt like, you know, I, 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 I wanted to just focus on making records. And, um, that being said, I did that for 25 years pretty much full time. And, and it's thrilling to now kind of go backwards and get, get kind of another, another opportunity to like create my own music and kind of, kind of reapproach, uh, songwriting with like, 20 years of working with such incredibly inspiring people. I mean, it really changes the way you hear music, period. And, and like, it was, like, really fun to kind of write this record with that new skill set. And I feel like I'm lucky that, like, you know, coming back and writing music for the first time in, in 20 years can sometimes be like, you know, you you've lost touch you know you don't know what's cool anymore but i've been fortunate enough to be making records and continuing to be surrounded by like relevant young cool like up-and-coming bands that like but i mean i it was really fun to kind of write music again i had this kind of burst of creativity and and just kind of I forgot how much I loved writing my own music. and yeah. And I also had, you know, obviously a lifetime of new experience and wisdom to throw into that along with a you know being inspired by the opportunity to do it. Cool, cool
0: because that would have been uh, my next question is um uh, would have been is is be well um your new main focus career-wise now and uh, and have you like uh, like have you decided to to more or less stop producing records for the foreseeable future and uh, and also um I believe in a couple of years ago you kind of shifted your focus away
2: from the music business for a couple of years, didn't you? you know be well, it's I'm doing music stuff just in general all the time right now. Mm. Um there was a period of time in 2014 where I took a job that was ended up being really miserable and made me <laughs> realize how much I missed doing um but yeah oh I, wow mm. when when I when I when I left that job and started like last year 2019 I was like doing a lot more production again and i realized that i i really only want to do a, a few records a year and i w- i'm doing more like pre-production with people and vocal tracking for people and mixing for other people and doing like some components on on a on records, but not, not being responsible for all of it all the time. And then some records I'm, I'm doing all of it. So yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's fun, especially in this era of like Pro Tools and Dropbox and being able to kind of like work in different ways. I, I just, I don't want to be sitting in like a dark studio room, 10, 12 hours a day, seven (laughs) days a week. Really? That's not really how I want to be spending my time. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to be doing that twelve months a year. So I love traveling. I love performing. I love like talking to people like you. Like it's just such a treat to be able to kind of take a turn like this in my life and have it like be going so well. It's it's like it's really fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Have you like have you thought about working with a producer for the new Be Well album then, or was it like a, a conscious decision to do it all by yourself?
2: I mean it wasn't it wasn't a conscious decision per se in in that um like when we wrote and recorded the record we had really no idea what was going to come of it so mm-hmm. it was more like it was more like we're writing these songs the I, I had written a lot of them and and then like as the band came in they started contributing and like the the idea of being like oh let's get a producer um you know didn't didn't make sense i i i will say that (laughs) it took me a little while to figure out a like a healthy way to produce it myself i i had to like well first of all we tracked the whole record once and i didn't like it (laughs) and we scrapped it oh really wow yeah
0: um
2: what 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 was it that you didn't like about it then was it this this might sound like a weird thing to say but it was like it was too perfect um we we didn't have a drummer and we hired the um we hired the drummer from Darkest Hour yeah wow to play to play drums on it who's amazing i mean he's like literally a, a machine i mean he's yeah. like the best drummer you could imagine it's just like I don't know. There's like a feeling that I feel like with like hardcore music, there's like a swing to it and an energy to it that is yeah. like doesn't quite work when it it it's too rigid and tight, you know. Yeah. And 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 ultimately, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. Like he is fucking awesome, and it sounded like he hits so hard and it sounded so good. It just like didn't have the emo like the feeling of the music didn't like match the kind of the emotion of the songs to me yeah yeah and i just kind of felt like i'm doing this for myself kind of and like i kind of owe it to myself to make a record that i feel like is how i hear it in my head yeah so part of me thought i was going crazy and (laughs) a lot of people told me i was going crazy but before, like last summer, we came over. Battery went to Europe and played with did a tour with H2O, and um, this drummer Andrew Black. He's a lifelong friend, and he's fucking incredible drummer. He was coming over to, from LA to to Baltimore to 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 rehearse for the Battery tour, and we sent him a couple of the Be Well songs, and we're like, "Would you be down to try and record a couple of these songs just to see how it felt?" Because yeah. he's got the feel that I you know he's got that 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 thing (laughs) you know um and so long story short he he came and we tracked like seven of the songs again yeah and it was like that's it that's that's what I I wanted to you know have that like especially the fast stuff to have that kind of gallop that you don't get when it's too rigid and too like like, too on, kind of. Not to say he's not on, but it's, there is a swing with the fast stuff in hardcore that's, like, I feel like is important. So he had that, and just, like, his, like, you know, the way that he does fills and things like that, It's all just felt, like, much more, like, how I hear music. And Shane, who's the drummer now, we had originally sent him the stuff we had tracked with Travis, and he was like, "Eh, I mean doesn't feel like me i don't see how i fit in this band and when we got back from the battery tour we sent him what we had done with andrew and he was like oh shit <laughs> that sounds yeah. like me i mean that's how i play drums and and so i i didn't know shane um but we decided to um to jam with him and and like get together and literally we played for like 10 seconds <laughs> 10 seconds and i was like stop you're fucking perfect. Like, I love you and you're, you know, what's interesting about it is six or seven songs on the record are Andrew Black playing drums and yeah. the rest of it is Shane playing drums. And you could never, I mean, they have such a similar feel, you would never fucking know the difference cool. between cool. them. So like, we didn't have another producer, but I do have um, some some really close friends that are producers that like, that were like um, Paul Levitt who does the, the dangerous summer stuff. Yeah. I Um, know Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul is like one of my closest friends in the world. And I mean, to have, we, I mean, we have like, we're a really great pair. Like actually I sent it to him and said, am I being crazy? Like I, and he was like, you're fucking crazy, but you're right. (laughs) which is great because you know to have somebody of that uh caliber and you know so although like he didn't produce the record like he he really was helpful in terms of me being like hey i need a fresh set of ears on this and you know like to be able to like send it to someone like that when you're starting to feel like you're losing perspective it's like a you know kind of an unfair advantage i guess <laughs> you yeah. know i mean like, like me in particular i just kind of felt like i had I, lo- I spent like the whole early part of my life writing my own music and then 20 years almost without writing anything of my own and i just like battery in like 2017 had done a new song and I, it just like hit me how much i missed having that i mean you and you you you're a musician in in a band there's just something special about creating something like that and you know oh, absolutely.
0: obviously the, absolutely the
2: the hope is that people are gonna like it and love it and all of that but I mean I kind of had I really just like wanted to have something to think about and care about and pour my heart into and a reason to be talking and to like all these guys all the time and you know it's yeah. it really like it's the fact that it's going so well and the fact that people like it is really like an added benefit but really the record was written and made for the pure love of like our friendship and wanting to like create music together and like you know i i i think you can hear that on the record and the
0: thing that struck me most were uh, was um I, I had like a, a proper listen to the lyrics, and I know you, I, I believe um, you. You are uh, well known for having like more or less introvert lyrics on on most of your work. And uh, r- right now, you know many bands in the hardcore and punk rock scene tend to write. I guess um, even more political lyrics now than they used to, just because of all the stuff that's going on around us with Trump in the U.S. and I don't know Johnson right. in the U.K. and the Corona thing and the refugee crisis in Europe and and all and all that stuff. And uh, and I thought it was a real um, uh, it was a real breath breath of fresh air really um, to to listen to very introvert lyrics. Now, would you say? I mean, you talk uh, you talk a lot about your personal struggles with uh, depression and mental health and all that kind of stuff. Would you say that the lyrics on this album are, like, more open or more direct or accessible
2: than anything you've done before? Uh, a 1,000%. I mean, I literally just said to myself, like, I mean, there's, like, lyrics on here that I it's, like, I just... I don't know that I've like ever said any of it even out loud to another human being. And it's like, it's like a really weird thing where I, I think that like my life has pretty much been hardcore, like from like the, er, my earliest memories are, it's like going to hardcore shows and music. And like, you know, I started going to hardcore shows when I was 10 years old, but You know, I had like a pretty fucked up like childhood, and and I didn't have like religion. I didn't have sports. I didn't have like anything like that. And I kind of was like not good at anything, (laughs) really. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm. wasn't that good of a skater. I was like, you know, like I'm. We were like our house was like messy and crazy, and I didn't like having friends over. And I, I had like a very lonely like childhood before I found music. And, and then music was like the first, um, hardcore and punk was like the first time that anybody was ever like, oh, you're fucking rad. You're like this awesome, like little kid that's like stage diving and, and bands were nice to me. And I would write letters to, 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 you know, like, I I remember, I mean, I, I remember like writing letters to like ordering the inside out demo or the release demo and they would write me back. And I felt like I'm a part of something. And, 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 and then, and then, I mean, and that kind of just continued out where like, you know, I dropped out of high school and had like, I don't think anybody that knew me outside of music, they probably all thought I'd be like dead or in jail where (laughs) people in music saw good in me. And then like, you know, when I'm, Eighteen years old, I'm recording the Texas is the Reason record. And, like, yeah. all of a sudden, I have this life and career. And like, kind of at every term, when I needed something like like the p- punk and hardcore community was there. And so it's it's like really interesting because i'm I'm like, I'm such a private person. Like, if I'm going to post something on Instagram, I like second guess myself. And I think, does anybody care? It's like, this oh, is, oh, same, you same know, here, buddy. Same at, here. but there's something about like hearing that, you know, fucking hardcore beat and like the energy that it brings something out in me where I feel like safe and comfortable being like my most transparent self. I'm really in a dark place and I need to find a way to like get this out because it's like eating me alive Yeah, and to be able to like, to write a record that is like this personal and this, like this revealing. And like, it's almost like, it's me almost like coming out to like, not just the hardcore community, but like to my friends that I've never, you know, I've never shared a lot of this, even with like my wife or like my my closest friends, like how much pain I've been in at times yeah. in my life. And to have people like care, I mean, I don't know. That sounds like such a simple thing, but it's so meaningful. And it's like, I mean, if I almost can't explain to you how much less alone I feel in this moment having done something that was maybe the most terrifying thing that I would ever do, which is like share with the world things that I would never even share with like my wife who I've been with for 27 years and know that my daughter is going to read this stuff and know that like clients of mine from the studio are going to read this and that some people are going to be kind of like, holy fuck. You know, I I mean, I kind of prepared myself for people to be like, or be, like, rejecting of it, yeah. you know? But but, but yeah. what's been amazing is, like, if I could show you, like, the texts I've gotten from bands and, be, and from people that I don't even know that are, like, there are people that are, like, oh, my God, like, this connects with me so much as, like, a parent and, like, it's, like, so meaningful. Or people, that, like, younger people that have reached out to me and, like this is so meaningful hearing like this perspective, like it helps me understand like what might have been going on with my parents, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's that people care and, and people are listening to the words and the fact that like, I mean, I definitely had some people that I played this record for that were like, are you sure you want to say that? Like, you can't take that back. You know, yeah. you, you put in a song saying that, you know, I mean like, like things like, like, first of all, I, I, I haven't been straight edge for a long time. And and when Battery played, one thing that was really important for me to do is be super open about that. Because yeah. one, with Battery, I never wrote about being straight edge. So I didn't feel like doing Battery shows was like, like I was saying anything that I felt like was fake or I didn't believe, but I also know that we went and sold t-shirts and we're a straight edge band. And so I felt like it was really important for me to say to people like, this is like what this might've meant to me then, but like, this is what, where I'm at in my life. And, um, a lot of people said to me, are you sure you want to talk about drinking in a song? Like there's so many straight (laughs) edge kids that are going to be turned off by that. I think that like, one of the most important things as like an artist is to just be true to yourself. I'm not ashamed of who I am. And if I say something in a song that makes you not like the band, then that's just fine. I mean, yeah. I'm okay with that.
0: Was there a moment um, where you thought, I could put this out under the battery moniker, the battery name? Oh.
2: The battery component of this is interesting because, to believe it or not, originally um when when i first started writing this my intention was actually to have it be battery it would have been a lot easier you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> have commercially it, probably
0: because been by an established band i believe well, so uh, yeah
2: like it would you know we had a booking agent we have a fan base we have all these things and and so and what inspired me to want to write music again was the battery song that we did in 2017, we did this song called My Last Breath. And yeah. it was the first thing that I had written of my own. I mean, Ken wrote the music and I wrote the lyrics, but it was the first thing that I had written and recorded on of my own music in like eight, 18 or 19 years. and And I loved it. And I realized as soon as we did that song, how much I missed writing and how much I missed having just... You know, like having something to think about and care about and put your heart into every day. So I started, after we did that, I was like, man, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to write something every day. And so I started sitting down every single day and I'm like, I'm going to write something every day. And I compiled like this folder of like all of these song ideas that I was like really excited about. And I had like cool lyric ideas for and cool melodies. And I... um. I shared them with Ken, who was a guitar player in Battery, and he shared some ideas with me. And we actually, um, he did, <laughs> I think my writing style, like, is so different than his, that I think that ultimately it just ended up feeling like, yeah, it would be easier to have this be Battery, but this really isn't Battery. Like, I yeah. want I want to be able to have, like, songs that, like, aren't, you know that like i want a bigger box to be in and and because i don't really care if we get big or <laughs> don't get you know yeah. i feel like i kind of owe it to myself to ra- make the record that i have in my heart in s- if that makes sense and and i love and i love ken and I, honestly i appreciated that he was honest about not liking some of it because you have these moments in your life where you sometimes have to someone says something they don't like it and you have to say to yourself oh shit am i crazy oh, like do, like it was a moment where i'm like okay i have to make a decision here about like whether i truly believe enough in what i'm doing to take the risk of it maybe not turning into anything? Or do yeah. I go down the road that is like, hey, we do another battery record that gives us a couple more years of some touring. And, you know, the touring thing and the playing thing is I miss that a lot too. So I love that, but I just kind of felt like ultimately I couldn't I couldn't make the record that I really had in my heart and in my head without being able to kind of like, be a part of the music writing, mm. um, the way that yeah. I am with Be Well, where I I don't I didn't have a lane to do that in Battery. In Battery, Ken wrote all the music. I wrote a bunch of the lyrics, and then he wrote the like youth crew anthem songs on every record, mm. which okay. was cool. And and he's a fucking unbelievable talent. And I like learned so much of what I know about writing from him. Mm. But the 20 years between when we did the last battery record and now the Be Well record, I have like come into my own as a producer and a songwriter and have been around like incredibly inspiring musicians and other producers. And I have a a voice and a and a perspective that is like imp- like If I can't share that, I don't want to do it. And even if it means that I have to give up the crazy shows where everybody knows every word and is like buying the t-shirt and all that, like it was a risk I was willing to take because what I actually needed the most out of this was to be able to express something that I didn't have another way to express otherwise.
0: Yeah. Now, would it be fair to say this is the most important record of your
2: career? It 100% is. And uh, I mean, it's not, I mean, w- the thing about this record is what it has meant to me in my life in terms of like, it was it was really scary to make this record. And it was really scary to say, wait, Ken, who I've like idolized my whole life, didn't think this stuff was that cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I believe in myself and and I feel like it's, I feel like there's going to be people who care about it. and. And even, like, some of the, like, Mike Schleibom, who was the earliest member of Be Well, like, when he heard some of the, the riffs at first, like, he's been, like, amazing. Like, if it wasn't for him, it w- I never would have stuck with it. Because I, I tried to quit a fucking thousand times. <laughs> the funny thing about this conversation we're having is when we got home from the Battery Tour with H2O, yeah, I had, like, a little bit of a panic attack. And not a panic attack, but like the tour went so well and I had such a good time. And it was like, people loved Battery and it was like so positive. And I got home and was like, am I making a mistake? I feel like some of these songs could have fit Battery and maybe we just take the hardcore songs and mix them with, and Mike was like, dude, trust your God. I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of records I have produced are important to me for like very different reasons because like getting to work with like, Strike anywhere or thrice or hot water music or any of the bands you mentioned earlier like yeah that shaped me as like a human being and that shaped me as a creative person and as a father and as a friend to kind of get to be able to be around people that are that incredible and that warm and that talented and like they also kind of you know raised the bar for me on in terms of like what a record could be so but in terms of like me feeling like i'm gonna take a total leap of faith and trust myself is so fucking out of my comfort zone and so scary and so feels like the hardest path to take (laughs) and to have people saying to me if you say that on a record you can't take it back you know what i mean like to do that and to kind of like, you know, scrap the first version and do it again. And then like, you know, like, like go, go through all of that. And then in, in, the whole time I'm telling people I'm doing this new band. Well, you know what people think when you're in your forties and you're doing a new band is that the assumption is it's going to be fucking terrible. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and <laughs> it very and, often is to be honest. I, but know, this time. I know. Well, <laughs> so the, so the funny thing about it is like, to go through all that and to bet on yourself and to trust yourself and to have like, you know, like my older brother, um, is just been like, and Paul Levitt and like my wife and like to have these people who I'm like sending these demos to. And they're like, dude, it's, it's like, this is fucking awesome. Like this is what you need to do. I just am fortunate to have that kind of network of people. And, and then to, to like, you know, to put it out there and have people like it. I mean, I just, it's hard to kind of explain like how meaningful that is to me and like how grateful and thankful and appreciative I am for like the hardcore and punk rock community as a whole for like what they've given me in my life at every stage of my life. It's just amazing. And then, and then it's like, you know, people like, like, Oisi, who's runs and hits in in Europe. Like, I fucking love that guy. Like I never even met him before this. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, people like you and people like I'm meeting all these awesome people and having all these great conversations. And like three years ago, I was like running this fucking construction company, driving around like so miserable and depressed that I like couldn't imagine like, how I was going to, like, make it through another day. I mean, not to sound dramatic. And then I wasn't, like, suicidal. That's not what I'm saying. I just, I had literally given up hope for my life almost entirely. And, like, I was so depressed. And I felt like because I'm so, um, you know, private and kind of, like, I was pretty embarrassed. I mean, it sounds like a really weird thing to say, but, like, I was pretty, I've been pretty successful in my career. And like, I've always felt like I shouldn't be depressed. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like I don't have that right. Like, I'm like looking at all these other people who have like every right to feel like fucking like darkened down about their life. And they find a way to like pull it together and be amazing and do amazing things where I'm like, holy fuck, I've achieved more than I ever dreamt ever and for some yeah. reason, I still feel awful. And I like, I mean, I still feel, but I felt like an awful lot of shame about that. And and yeah. and and then when you like internalize those things and then you don't share those things with anybody in your life, it doesn't, <laughs> it just grows. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it gets bigger and it gets scarier and it gets darker. And it's like a weird thing because it's not like I was thinking scary things like, Oh, I'm going to get killed or I'm going to commit suicide or I'm going to, you know, it was just like, I fucking don't feel any joy. I feel like my life is empty and I feel like I have no one I can turn to about any of it. And like, and that in and of itself if you're able to like get that out and share it, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not that big of it's, it's, it's like a manageable thing, but when you kind of internalize that and you let it build for 20 years and you kind of hide it by pouring yourself 10,000% into like other people's art, (laughs) you can hide it and you can deal with it that way. But all of a sudden when all of that was gone and I didn't have anything to pour my heart into and all I had was this job that paid me really well but brought me no joy and I don't give a fuck about money and so it was like yeah I have money for the first time ever in my life and I've never been so unhappy and it's like and and I have to say like my wife was amazing because when I started writing this stuff and I started like writing again and it's not even just writing but like having a reason to like get on the phone with you or get on the phone with Mike Schleibom or text with OIC. Just having things that I'm kind of looking forward to and looking at my calendar. Oh, I have that tomorrow. Like that are, I, it's just made me feel so much more alive and engaged with the world around me. And it's like, my wife said to me, like when, when, like we did the battery thing and I was working on these songs, like, you feel like the person I used to know and like, she said to me, like, do you see how much more connected Cassidy with my daughter is to you when you're like, she like loves to be around me when I'm playing music. Like she'll come in, she'll come into like my like studio room at my house and like sit on the floor and read a book while I'm playing. And it like must just be like my energy when I'm doing things like this is better. And she just likes to, to be around it. So, I mean, yes, in terms of like, this is the most important thing that's ever happened to me because I've never needed anything as bad as I needed this. And to need it, to trust myself and do it, to surround myself with people that believed in me enough to never let me give up on it, and then to have it come out and have people actually care. I mean, I just, it's so hard to explain how meaningful that is. <laughs> um,
0: I I I don't want to um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, okay. Once again, thanks so much for doing is for doing oh, this. Oh yeah. Um. What's now? What's next for you and the band now? I mean, with all the with all the Corona thing, I, I guess it's hard to uh,
2: yeah, make any so, like proper plans. But so we have you know we have a handful of dates that are booked here that I'm almost entirely certain will be cancelled. Um, yeah. Um. And we tentatively have a European tour booked in March that I hope... That
3: that sounds more
2: realistic to me, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, our booking agent here is basically kind of like, we got a hold on a room for, like, a record release show, and we booked a couple things. But he's he's basically like, man, because all these fucking idiots in the U.S., like not wearing masks and not social distancing and just not taking it seriously. Like and having a psycho president who makes it like somehow patriotic to like fucking disrespect and, 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 and and risk the lives of, of the, the people around you. I mean, if people had just taken this seriously from the beginning, we, we might be looking at a totally different thing. So what I'm hoping is, that um towards the end of the year and the beginning of next year we're able to i mean start playing playing again i it's funny because there are two there are two like we talked about the benefit before of like having a little bit more of a lane of yeah yeah not having so much bigger stuff coming out and there's also a benefit in that you know the the type of room venue that like be well would play there might be a much better chance of like a be well gig happening before like a thrice gig happening. Yeah. So, so I think probably the first tour tour that we would, that seems like potentially realistic is, um is March. And yeah. so we have like a tentative routing. Maybe we could play a show together. Oh, I'd love, love to man. That would be, be fun. To. And yeah. then I think that, I think my, my tentative plan is actually to stay in Europe after the tour and, produce the new circles record i don't know if you've heard them before oh wow cool great for yeah. You, yeah so so fingers crossed but we will de- where do you live in germany um, uh around the munich area munich southern oh, germany
0: very cool beautiful
2: place yeah so hopefully yeah. well when we come over we can hang out that would be awesome. yeah i'd love to man we all we, we would all love to um know how do you know matt kennedy that's fucking crazy
0: when you said that i was like wait what that's, yeah, we I, uh, we were on tour with the Dangerous Summer in 2018 when they got back together. The, f- the oh, first European tour that they did, we were opening up for them. So, uh, oh, wow! And we just kind of bonded, you know that he's, yeah. he's in he's in the he's in bands for the right reasons. Yeah,
2: he just loves he 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 just loves to play, and he's, he's a great person, great like great guitar player, great songwriter. Yeah. I, was I believe really they happy.
0: are working with with Paul Levitt again, aren't they? I, I think, think they're doing they, the new record. Yeah,
2: cool, cool. So
0: that's really well, great. Yeah, um, man. Thank you so much. I have one Any, final question yeah, for you, if you don't course. mind. Which I, is something I, I I want to ask all of my guests on this show is it's um, Have you ever heard of a thing called German compliments?
2: Oh, I I have a feeling that that. That I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, it's it's
0: it seems to be it seems to be kind of a running joke among uh, U.S. and Canadian bands. So whenever they come over to Germany, on well, I, tour, let me,
2: I'll, I'll give you an example of what I think you mean, which is yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, oh, I thought you would be much fatter as you got older. It's, it's (laughs) unbelievable.
0: It's because, Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) because American bands keep asking uh, um, us about, about that kind of stuff, because, uh, you know, I'm half Welsh, half German. That's where the funny accent comes from. And, uh, and, uh, and people in the UK, they, they don't, they don't know what German compliments are, but American bands seem to come across that all the time. So, um, yeah. What
2: happened? Your voice sounded so much better yesterday
0: yeah or um uh show in show, always you know with with like a thick german accent they go show last year was very good this year not so good but new album also not so good i take vinyl in all three colors yes. and you go what or, yes there is there is a there is a twitter thread i believe where like bands from all over the place post their best german compliments and i just want to make like um I just want to ask people about it. So, have you
2: have you ever come across uh, oh my some God. kind of German compliments so, on a battery so, tour or something? So, so many. Oh, <laughs> I I thought that the new song would be terrible. I but it was it was was not bad.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, but what here's the fuck?
2: A, <laughs> let me let, let me tell you something though. Let me give you some perspective on German music fans. Yeah, they're the best fans in the world because
0: Everybody, they. they People keep on telling that, yeah. Because, that.
2: one, they're not Fairweather fans. And you can make a record that they don't love, but they still come to the show and they're still probably going to buy the record. And when you come back 20 years later, they're going to come out to that show wearing the shirt they bought at the show 20 years ago. It's like yeah. they're not, like, like... I think that, like, f- fans in the US are so spoiled by just... Just nonstop, like, rush of new shit coming at them all the time where German fans, like, I mean, they come to shows, they buy merchandise, they care about the bands, they they aren't fair weather fans. They may be, uh, I have learned to appreciate the German compliment because they're not bullshitting you you know what i mean no, and they give and, you like an instant review of your gig right at the yeah, merchandise stand and <laughs> i i don't ever mind oh i thought you would look much fatter you <laughs> i'll take that you know what i mean yeah, i've but, lost
0: weight thanks for yeah thanks, yeah I thanks mean, for
2: noticing <laughs> the thing is it did it did it used to be worse to be honest when people's english was not as good in, yeah you know um the, but I love the sincerity and the passion. So I have like learned to enjoy those moments and I just think it's fucking great. And man, you know, like Europe just in general is such a fucking exciting place to be. Like, I love the fans. I love that. Like most of the venues are in like awesome parts of these cool cities. Yeah. I love that. Like the fucking dude that like I met at the first fucking battery show 25 years ago is like there early and wants to like talk about that gig. And I mean, I just feel like there's like a just appreciation in Europe in general of like the arts and culture that is, doesn't entirely always exist in the U S. And I think, I think it's, I think part of it comes actually from the governments where they, 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 you're able to have these incredible music venues where, Bands can play, and there, there, there's like studios and rehearsal rooms and multiple skate parks, and I mean that yeah. does so much to build like a community around shows and art in general. And you really notice that because the feel like the government has like cares about that and has yeah. allowed that to exist. Yeah it's it's so funny you say that because
0: most like german or european bands would 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 say the exact opposite of what you're saying. They are all this is this is bullshit. We don't have enough rehearsal spaces. Especially you know um just to give you an example, um the Munich area has like 250 rehearsal spaces and it's estimated that there are about 5000 bands and artists looking for, you know, places right. to rent. Uh, and so uh, but i i mean probably compared to the to the us we're in a great situation around here but people don't really appreciate that all the time but every time you talk to like american artists um that when they come over to to europe and germany in particular they always go it's fucking amazing around
2: here so it is um, i mean but and and there's like I mean, we fucking came back 25 years later, and we're playing a lot of the same places. Yeah, I mean, it's just so they're still around. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're still around. Some of the same promoters are still around. Like you, you have food and you have showers and towels, and uh, if you're not on a bus, you have like either great hostels or hotels to stay at. And yeah, and and you just like like. I kind of feel like people like want to have like pretty intense conversations with you sometimes about like, you know, whether it's like a weird German compliment or really just like kind of a a deep political discussion. I mean, I think that there's like a, I, I love Europe. I I mean, I love being there. I love playing there. I love like all the people that I communicate with there. It's just like such an incredible place to be. So, um, Uh,
0: on behalf of Europe, we're looking forward to to uh, to welcoming you back on tour. Oh and yeah, whenever, whenever that's yeah. possible.
2: I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And then don't be a stranger, man. Keep in touch. Yeah. Sure. Uh, thank uh, you. And then, and, and then, then so send- much for
0: doing it. I'll also text <laughs> Matt right away, going okay talk about you on a show. I
2: you love that. You better listen to
0: it. All I right, Brian. You have a you okay, have a great buddy. day. Yes. Thank
2: you so much. Okay. Bye bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. bye.
0: So there it was, my conversation with Brian McTurnan of Be Well. I want to thank Brian again for taking the time, um, for doing that interview and for uh, being so candid. And to give you all an idea of what his band is all about, I'm going to play you the title track of the new Be Well album. It's called The Weight and the Cost, here on Plenty of Noise. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you next month. Uh, This is Nick, and uh, see you again. Bye-bye.